Welcome to Fundamentals of Canadian Law. I'm Matt Shepard, and constitutional law scares me a little bit. It's so big, and it's hard to figure out how I fit in, how do I relate to it. Fortunately, we have a new course in the Certificate in Law, Law 205-705, Public and Constitutional Law. And our course designer and instructor, Jonathan Shanks, has been working to make the topic accessible and understandable. If you're interested in democracy, human rights, and getting into how the sausage is really made, both federally and provincially, you should be as excited about it as I am. Jonathan sat down with me at Queen's University to talk about this new course. And you can find out more about this new course at takelaw.ca. It's been difficult for me, as someone who doesn't really know the law that well, to kind of I can understand, I can grasp the implication of what corporate law means, one of the courses. I can, Aboriginal law, I kind of get it. It's a little bit harder for me to wrap my head around the idea of what is public and constitutional law in terms of what does it mean to me as a person just walking around on the street every day. So it helps to understand the difference between public and constitutional law by first looking at, at, at what it's not. Uh, so, so what it isn't is, is private law. So if you and I enter into a, a contract, if I want to sell you a book, for example, uh, that creates a legal obligation between you and I as individuals, and, and that's governed by private law. Uh, public law has to do with, with the exercise of government power. And so when the government requires that you get a driver's license to be able to drive, for example, or a fishing license before you can go fishing, uh, that's public law, and it's about the relationship between government and individuals. And constitutional law is taking public law just one step further. Uh, it, it provides a basic framework for our, our democratic system of government, and it's the supreme public law in Canada. So if we're looking at it like a cake, uh, public law is kind of the base layer and then constitutional sort of above everything? That's right. So the Constitution has always been supreme in Canada, and that means that all of the branches of government uh, and all of the laws enacted by Parliament and the legislatures have to conform with the Constitution. And, and if they don't, the, the courts have different techniques to invalidate them. In Introduction to Canadian Law, for instance, there's a lot of modules, and I would say uh, most of them, well, maybe a third of them basically come right back then to public and constitutional law, because criminal law is ultimately public law, right? It's the ultimate public law. It's all about when the government can uh, can take your liberty away and put you in jail. So how much, um, in terms of the course that you're developing, how much of this kind of stays at the very high level of this is what the Constitution says, and how much of it kind of gets down into the weeds of this is, this is how it applies to, say, criminal law specifically? So we're trying to do a deeper dive uh, in this course, uh, so it'll be a little bit more in-depth than what the students have experienced in, in Intro to the Study of Law. Uh, there are really sort of three uh, phases to the course. The first phase looks at Canada's constitutional development. Uh, so in some countries, like the United States, there was a revolution. Uh, people got together and wrote a constitution. Uh, you, you'll recall that the United States Constitution famously begins with the words, we the people. Uh, Canada had a different trajectory. Uh, our constitution begins with the words, uh, whereas the provinces would like to be united uh, under the crown of the United Kingdom. Uh, and it, it wasn't a revolutionary constitution at all. It, it was a gradual evolution uh, of the status of British colonies in Canada uh, into a self-governing dominion, and then they progressed through... Uh, to the present day, where Canada is a, a fully independent country. So for the first bit of the course, we're really looking at uh, Canada's constitutional development, which has been nuanced and gradual from 1867 uh, to the present. Uh, in the middle part of the course, we'll look at the legal foundations for the three branches of government. Uh, so we'll look at how the Constitution sets up the executive, legislative, and judicial branches and assigns them powers. 
And then finally, the, the last bit of the course, we'll look at how the branches of government interact with each other. So how do judges supervise the laws that Parliament and, and the provinces act? Uh, how do judges interact with the executive branch of government? Uh, and that's where your criminal law uh, com comes into uh, focus. Uh, and finally, how do judges interpret the laws uh, that are enacted by Parliament and the legislatures? Uh, it can seem very technical when you're looking at the meaning, you know, the dictionary meanings of particular words that are used. Uh, but there's a broader uh, sort of question of the institutional relationships between judges and Parliament. Should judges really just look at the words uh, that are in laws, or should they try and infer the intentions uh, of the parliamentarians who enacted them? Uh, so those are sort of the broad strokes of the course, and we'll touch down to look in detail at some of the rights guaranteed by the Charter, uh, the division of powers between Parliament and the legislatures, and about the limits uh, on the three branches of government. So this all sounds really foundational. Um, like it's, it's, it's difficult for me to imagine how you can really kind of grasp a lot of the nuance of what goes on in law unless you have this bedrock understanding of public and constitutional law in the first place. So I think that's one of the benefits of this course. Uh, students can study government uh, from many different perspectives, and so a lot of students will already have studied government from a political science perspective or a historical perspective, uh, maybe a gender studies perspective or a sociological perspective, and, and there are dozens of other ways of approaching it. Uh, what we're trying to do in Law 205 is really look at it from a legal perspective. Uh, and that helps students understand sort of how to engage with the government. Uh, if the government's doing something that you don't like and that affects you, um, having an understanding of the legal source of the government's power will let you decide whether you have to go to court to challenge government action or whether you write your MP or your MPP uh, to try and have the politicians change the law. And so we'll look at the, the difference between legal accountability and democratic accountability. Uh, and as you said, hopefully, when students emerge, they'll have a better appreciation of some of the, the legal techniques that judges and lawyers use to understand our system of government. So it's not, it's not even a cake. It's how the cake's made. It's, it's what are the ingredients of the cake, who are the bakers. It's really like taking apart how the law functions and looking at the individual components that have all gone into where we're at today as a society. That's exactly right. So the Constitution both establishes the branches of government uh, or provides for their establishment, but also gives them powers and sets limits on their powers. Uh, and so you're exactly right. It's, uh, it, it's a recipe uh, as between right. the executive, legislative, and judicial branches. Again, as someone who hasn't, I, I haven't studied law much other than taking some of the courses in, uh, in the certificate program. So my understanding of things like public and constitutional law are always kind of like holding the binoculars backwards. Like, I see what's going on as the result of legislation, and I have this vague idea that, yeah, you can protest, and then people will change things somehow, but I never really understood kind of the, the back end of how this law is built. So this is more about how do we build laws? How do, how do, how do things come into being that affect us as citizens? That's exactly right. And what we'll do in the course is, is we'll read a lot of uh, legal cases. And so that takes it from a broad level of abstraction and, and really boils it down to concrete scenarios. Uh, take the Charter of, of Rights and Freedoms, for example. A lot, a lot of the rights guaranteed are, are guaranteed in pretty broad language. So the right to freedom of expression. Well, what does that mean? What is expression? And so we'll look at a number of cases where the Supreme Court, in particular, has had to struggle with various types of expression. Uh, we'll look at a case that, that uh, dealt with whether hate speech was included as, as protected expression. Uh, we'll look at a case involving Holocaust denial and, and fake news to see whether that was protected uh, as freedom of expression. And it's really in examining... Uh, the broad principles, but in particular contexts against particular factual situations that, that some of the ideas can really crystallize and some of the principles and approaches can emerge. 
So, I mean, it's kind of uh, my, my, my inclination is to say, who'd be interested in this course? Why, everyone. Uh, everyone who's a Canadian citizen should be interested in it. But more specifically, who do, you, who do you think would get the most kind of traction and value out of, out of the course? Anyone who wants to uh, be a productive, engaged, uh, civic-minded member of society, I think, would get a lot out of this course. It, it lets you understand, uh, hopefully, in, in a slightly more nuanced or detailed way, uh, what's happening around you. you know, there, there's no aspect of our lives that isn't affected by public law. Uh, in Ontario, births have to be registered. And so, so the moment you come into the world in this province, you're affected by public law. Uh, it's the same thing at the other end of life. Uh, the Coroner's Act has certain requirements that apply uh, when you die. Uh, and just think of, your, think of your day from when you get up in the morning to when you go to sleep at night. Uh, there's virtually no part uh, of your day that isn't regulated in some sense uh, by the government. Uh, so if you want to have a sense of... Um, how those rules work, either so that you can just understand them better or uh, to advance a particular cause. Um, a lot of people um, will pursue social justice or advocacy and understanding who to talk to, where to push, uh, what to challenge uh, can help you advance causes that are dear to you or that you care about uh, in your day-to-day -day life. Right, because I mean this course, this isn't, there's no inherent sort of construct in the course which is pro-government or anti-government, it's just understanding government. So you can be coming at it from a perspective of, I think government's great and things are going fine. Or you can come at it from the perspective of things have got to change. And either way, you're going to get more of an understanding of how it's all built. That's exactly right. So I try and, and neutrally, neutrally present uh, the constitutional framework as it's most widely understood. Uh, but you're exactly right. I mean, keep in mind that... Uh, you know, every day, uh, exactly half of the people that go to court lose. <laughs> and so uh, there's lots of scope for creative arguments, uh, for passionate advocacy. Uh, there are lawyers and, and citizens every day trying to push the boundaries one way or another uh, in terms of what the Constitution means. And the courts are continuously reinterpreting uh, both the rights in the Charter, but also other parts of the Constitution. Um, recently, we've seen uh, the court uh, reverse itself in the, in the span of 20 or 30 years. Uh, so take assisted suicide, uh, for example. In the Rodriguez case in the 90s, a majority of the Supreme Court of Canada found that the, the complete ban on assisted suicide was constitutional. And a couple years ago in the Carter case, uh, the court reversed itself. Now, it was on, on a different uh, set of facts and a different set of evidence, uh, but the court actually struck down the prohibition in the criminal code that prohibited you helping someone else to end their life uh, because they found that it violated the charter. And so the law isn't a static concept, and it's not sort of a Rubik's Cube where, where you solve it and it, and it stays that way. Um, law is constantly evolving to keep pace with changing values in society. It's true. 50% of the people think I'd never thought about it before. But yeah, no, that's, that's a great illustration of how dynamic the law is. And that idea of boundary pushing and things constantly being moved forward. And uh, I mean, just the uh, common law, at least in Canada, is precedent-based. So every time a decision is made, it potentially has more and more ramifications down the line for future decisions. So at the public and constitutional level, I guess it all radiates up to the Supreme Court. And you must unpack that a bit in the course in terms of how power sort of radiates down from the Supreme Court to other courts. Yeah, so we certainly look at the structure of the courts and we look at the Supreme Court's evolution uh, in Canada. So at Confederation in 1867, uh, the Supreme Court didn't exist. Uh, it was only created in 1875 by a federal statute. Uh, and until 1949, most of its decisions could be appealed to the Judicial Committee of the Privy Council in the United Kingdom. Uh, so it wasn't until the middle of the last century that the Supreme Court became the final court of appeal for Canada. 
And that had radical changes uh, for the development of the law in Canada. Uh, we didn't look to the, the Commonwealth or the British Empire as much for, for a uniform and homogenous uh, system of law, although those principles are still very important. Uh, but the Supreme Court's come into its own in terms of Canadianizing its interpretation of the Constitution of Canada. I feel like we're getting maybe into spoilers now. So maybe we'll just stop here before I, I make you spoil the whole course. Thank you so much. This has been great. Okay, it was a pleasure speaking with you, Matt. Thanks to Jonathan Shanks. If you're interested in public and constitutional law, and you should be, check out Law 205-705 at tanklaw.ca. Fundamentals of Canadian Laws, recorded at Queen's University, situated on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. Our theme music is by Megan Hamilton. She's also a staff member here at Queen's Law, and you can find out more about her music at meganhamiltonmusic.wordpress.com. Thanks for listening.